Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Well, here we are again. I mean, after 360-odd <laughs> episodes, I have run out of things to say at the beginning. No, that's fair Maybe enough. you should introduce it next time. Oh, no, I'll let you do it. I couldn't think what to say okay. either. Well, they could have, they could have the, the fee. You could just do it on your own. Ask yourself in questions. Oh, I don't think it would work. I need, I need someone to say, don't be ridiculous, it'll never work. Well, put on a different voice. Don't be the ridiculous. Other one, the other one that does voices, not me. Oh, that's true. Right. Well, what are we starting with then? We're starting with um, uh, poor old Sina Estavi. I don't know who, who that is. He? No, exactly. Don't know who it is, but we have mentioned him before. Sina Estavi is the chief executive officer of the crypto exchange Bridge Oracle, mm. who, as we discussed back in March last year, paid $2.9 million for an NFT of the first tweet. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Exactly. Well, he's decided that he's had whatever enjoyment he's going to get out of owning the first tweet. So he's put it up for sale. And he put it up on OpenSea, which is a uh, an NFT exchange platform, mm. at uh, $48 million. I suppose he reckoned the price would have, the value would have gone up significantly since the $2.9 million yes. he paid for it. Highest bid so far, just under $7,000. Nobody wants it. <laughs> People have, they've been rumbled. They've realised, hang on a minute, this is absolutely pointless. Which was what we said at the time. Uh, has, the time. has the NFT world been plunged into recession then, the prices of everything dropping, or is it just this one? Damien Hurst worried now about all his well, yachts. I think it's a bit early to be uh, reselling them. Uh, not many have been resold. People are kind of hanging onto them for whatever perceived investment value they may have. He is aghast, of course. He, he's he, and he said, "This NFT is not just a tweet. This is the Mona Lisa of the digital world," mm. which I think is putting it um, a bit strongly. Don't you think? Well, of the digital world, it might well be the Mona Lisa. It's probably probably got a laugh on her face. <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> Thinking that Cena Estavi, what a twit he is. Exactly. Yes, that's anyway. probably, it's probably, it was probably, the original Mona Lisa was probably something to do with investment in tulips. He probably just told her how much money, money he'd lost and she had a good giggle. Almost yeah. mm. Yes. Of course, I still think NFT, I know, is non-fungible tokens, but I still think of it as being the National Film Theatre, which is what I've always thought yes. of the NFT yes. as. Yes. 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 I just yes. part that in because there may be other people out there who are maybe more interested in them. Um, movies than they are in um uh, fungibility selling, selling, yes a fungibility of of mm. of the first ever tweet mm. i wonder if he'd actually put it on at three and a half million instead of 48 million whether maybe he'd have had a taker maybe he must have done greedy i think he's being very greedy but or very foolish or indeed both but who cares it's just yeah. another tech millionaire Coming oh, a cropper, yes. which is not a bad thing. Really. Hmm. Yeah. So you're not tempted to bid seven thousand dollars then? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> tempted to bid seven thousand dollars. Okay. No. Right. So um, while we're on the world of art, mm. uh, let us move on to Anish Kapoor, who is mm. unveiling some works at the Venice Biennale, which are his first works using Vanta Black. 
remember Vanta Black? We talked about this. Um, Did we? Oh, some years ago. Yes. Uh, I think Vanta I've forgotten. Black. Sorry. It's a paint. Or rather, it's not a paint. It's made of carbon nanotubes and it's sprayable. And it's the blackest black that has ever been blacked. Right. It absorbs sort of 99% of reflected light. So it's it, absolutely extraordinary material. Um, mm. When you look at it, it looks like a hole. And he, Anish Kapoor, the, the sculptor, has done an exclusive deal with the manufacturer that he's the only artist in the world who is allowed to use Vanta Black. Oh. Yes. Oh, it must indeed. be cheesing off some other artists. I it is cheesing off a lot of artists, uh, notably the British artist Christian Fur. That's Fur with two R's, in case you wondered. Fur. Right. Um, who, in response, has made a pigment that he calls the world's pinkest pink, which he sells from his website for £3.99. But before you buy it, you have to tick a box <laughs> confirming that you are not Adish Kapoor <laughs> and that you have no intention of selling it to Adish Kapoor. Well, that's quite amusing. In response but, to which, I, yes, Adish Kapoor has posted a pic on uh, Instagram uh, holding up his middle finger, which has been daubed in the world's pinkest pink, uh, accompanied by the pithy phrase, up yours. Good gracious. Well, that's probably more entertaining, more entertaining than the art itself. It almost certainly is, yes. What um, happens if you look into this blacker than black, black? Do you get well, sucked exactly. in? You don't get sucked in, but it is. I, I've seen photographs of it, and uh, it is a very bizarre experience because it's it's looking at absolutely nothing. Whatever shape the object is, it just looks like a black hole. And what else is it used for then apart from Anish Kapoor? Oh, it was, it was invented for the optics, high-end optics purposes. Mm -hmm. And then Anish Kapoor sort of stumbled upon it and did this exclusive deal with a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's a market here for lots of other things. Steve, what about the, the world's most orangey orange? Ready red <laughs> or ready red or bluey blue? I mean, you know, there's yes. loads of colours left. Uh, I think Eve Klein did the bluey blue, didn't he, with, with Klein blue? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Eve Klein, an uh, artist in the 1940s, I believe, who um, produced this really strong, vivid blue. And he painted vast <clears throat> canvases just of this single blue. Right. And, um, and he copyrighted Klein Blue, so oh, okay. no one else could use that for a while. What about white, the whitest white? The they have to wear white, sunglasses think, to watch it. I think Dulux do that already, don't they? Oh, yes, maybe, mm. maybe, yes. Get whole bathroom suites in it, I'm sure. Right, yes. so uh, let's move on, but not before we've had one of these. <laughs> So, where now? Well, the biggest and most curious, possibly, news of the week uh, involves driverless cars. Uh, the again? UK government, again, have uh, uh, announced uh, an amendment to the Highway Code, which is upcoming, <coughs> concerning driverless cars. Upcoming? You mean forthcoming, as we say in English, English? Sorry, did I say upcoming? I mean forthcoming, mm. yes. Yeah, I, I just, um, just want to check there. No, no, thank you. Thank yeah. My Americanese, it'll never yes, happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it seems that according to the highway code, you will be able to watch movies in your car while you're driving it, provided A, you're on the motorway, B, you don't change lanes, and C, you don't go higher than 37 miles an hour. 
37. 37, right. yes. <laughs> Obviously, carefully thought out number. Oh, that. carefully thought out. I, so, but you know what? I'd be willing to bet that's 50 kilometres. It could well be, yes. It could well yes. be. So you're, you're, there you are going along 37 miles an hour, which is a little ridiculous on the motorway. You, even in the slow lane, you'd get yes. articulated lorries um, thundering past you. Oh, indeed. Hanging on behind you, trying to see what you're watching. Oh, indeed, doing that. So you can watch movies, but you're not allowed to use your mobile phone because right. that is more distracting than watching movies, apparently. You must be ready to take over when prompted, in other words, if you're leaving the motorway or if there's a, uh, if there's a problem. But this is the big issue here. It's the paradox of automation, as they call it, mm. which means that as automated services get more and more sophisticated so the human element when it's called in only has to deal with more and more complex situations mm. so um if, uh, if self-driving does 99 percent of the task then uh, the human element when the driver is finally called in has to just do the hardest one percent so there's the issue um that what you know you're driving driving along and then the car registers an issue and suddenly it gives control to you while it's doing 70 miles an hour down the motorway saying nothing case. to do with me gov yeah nothing to do with me gov exactly yeah. yeah so what they're looking at um is a a solution called safe disengagement which is that when the car does find a difficulty rather than uh, handing over control to the driver, it instead instead uh, pulls over to the uh, to the hard shoulder and stops, which is fine as long as you're not on a smart motorway yes. in which the hard shoulders yes. have been temporarily switched off. Perfectly safe smart motorways were always being told they are, uh, even as more and more people get hurt or killed. The, uh, um, the I was wrong, problem. by the way, about the speed. By the way, no, thirty. Yeah. It isn't fifty. It's sixty or fifty-nine point two. So clearly, they're working in kilometers. That they're working in kilometers. Yes. Goodness knows why. Goodness knows why. Okay. Right. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, it uh, the other issue which the RAC has uh, has pointed out is that people watching movies often doze off. Yes. So yes. and that wouldn't be a good thing in your car. Maybe you're only allowed to watch really scary movies so that you're awake. <laughs> and hide and why? The and why movies and not cartoons or TV or? Oh no no news you can channel. watch TV. You oh I watch, see. Okay. Yes, yes, right, right. Right. But you can't, as long as it's not on your phone, you can't look at your phone. It's, I know. Well, it's, it's very, very strange. Just when you think the world is as bonkers as it can get. Well, it's more bonkers than that because they've announced that insurance companies, not drivers, will be financially liable for claims while they're in self-driving mode. Which means... What? Exactly. What then happens if your self-driving car kills someone? They don't prosecute the driver. Who do they prosecute? Norwich Union? Admiral, that get that dog well, into court. Well, well, now I may have this wrong, but many, many years ago, when I worked for a different radio organisation, rather bigger one, <clears throat> I used to learn how to fly. And at that stage, you could buy a second-hand plane, apparently from the same price as you know second-hand Mercedes or something. And then, of course, the problem was when planes then had accident, private, small private planes, um, people see the manufacturers, and as a result, oh. the price of everything went up. So. If the insurance companies are going to get sued every time something goes wrong with a yes. um, an autonomous car, which, as we point out, almost every week is happening, 
Yeah. Uh, and there are hardly any autonomous cars, but every week we talk about something that's gone wrong. Like last week, wasn't it? San Francisco police pulled over one that went through a red light or something. There wasn't even a driver in it. Yes. Um, then surely all that's going to happen, the insurance company is going to make it so expensive to drive a car that nobody will be able to afford autonomous cars. I think that's very likely. Well, maybe that's the plan all along. Maybe it is. Bizarre. Indeed it is. Indeed yes. it is. Well, let's have something less bizarre. Shall we have one of these, though? Why not? <laughs> No, I have been getting complaints, or rather, I have been getting um, raised eyebrows and more from listeners to this show. What? Mrs. Trellis, last week from Wales, <laughs> last week you claimed on oh. this show mm. that uh, gas kettles are something like twenty-five times as efficient as electric kettles when boiling water. I've run this test several times, and on my meter, yes, it is 25 times more expensive for me to boil a kettle full of water than it is uh, using electric than it is on gas. Yeah. Well, I have, I have seen extreme scepticism about this from three different people. We were all on the same Zoom call, as it happens. Right. But nonetheless, on the, on the, okay. same, the same people. And so I did a bit of research into it. And it works out the cost is actually about the same because the amount of energy wasted uh, on when you're using a kettle on the gas is colossal because the energy goes into heating the kettle and indeed heating the room. I've had this conversation with somebody else, but in the end, the, the energy company charges me according to what happens to the meters. And so I've been measuring it using the meter. And that determines yeah. what they're going to charge me. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care whether it somehow goes against the law of physics. If they're going to charge me 25 times less for boiling a kettle on the hob, oh, I'm going to do it. That's a very cavalier attitude towards breaking the laws of physics. Well, the whole, the whole point of it, surely, is I'm trying to save money. Yes. Because boiling a kettle is very expensive. Two and a half to 3,000 watts. My yes. kettle. Um, so I know it maybe doesn't make much sense, but I, I've done this several times partly because I was sceptical myself and then other people were sceptical. And it seems to be a good deal cheaper. However, I'll only really know, of course, when I get my next um, bill after a full month of doing this, and I can compare it with the same time last year. Though, of course, well, you, the temperature may not have been the same. But well, there are so many other variables, surely. Well, I have both it. an electric and a gas oven, so I've now moved from using the electric one to the gas one. I'll see if that oh. makes a difference as well. Okay, very yes, interesting. It is one point that although the, all the reports that I found said that it cost about the same, mm. um, if you're environmentally conscious, you should use gas because electricity is a secondary fuel. So in order yes. to make electricity, yeah, yeah. they have to burn gas or yes. you know, other, or, other fuels. Or wood chips or something or else. Yes. Chips. Exactly. yes, 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 yes. Um, the other, of course, big advantage is that the gas kettle whistles, which frankly is just wonderful. <laughs> yes except on the odd occasion which happened this week where i forgot to close the whistling bit and i thought this kettle was taking a long time to boil and of course it wasn't boiling because i've got the the place it lid, lid open uh, anyway time for us to take a brief pause as you remonstrate with your skeptical friends when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. 
Coughing fit over? I thought I'd marked the coughing fit by uh, <laughs> by the brief pause. I'm sure nobody noticed. Uh, you're listening to Share Radio and to Gadget and Gizmos. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. Where do we go now? We are moving on to the new games console in town. Mm-hmm. This is one that was um, announced back in 2019, and it's it's now um, made it onto the shelves and into the hot, sticky hands of gamers. Mm-hmm. It's called the Playdate, and it is possibly the cutest game controller ever made. So, first of all, it's very small. It is three inches square and about right. as thick as a pack of cigarettes. Doesn't that make it fiddlier to use? Well, no, this is the thing. So it has a black and white screen, very small black and white screen mm-hmm. that uses e-ink, uh, but not the kind of e-ink you see in Kindles, but a much more uh, fast, responsive e-ink. Right. Uh, so it's very retro in that sense. It is bright yellow. Oh, I can look at it now, yes. yes. are a four-way D-pad, the up, down, left, and right, mm-hmm. uh, two buttons, and a crank. A crank? It is a folding crank. And when you unfold it, it's like a little crank you would get on a, um, yes. a wind-up radio. Yes. What's the crank, kind of and thing. what does the crank do? Well, what it doesn't do is charge up the device. You use the crank as a controller. So, for example, um, one of the, the games on it uh, involves uh, playing around with time, and you have your little character on the screen, mm-hmm. and you crank to go forwards and backwards in time. So, for example, you're, you're the character's walking along, and he picks flowers, mm-hmm. and there's a, a flock of bees coming towards him. Flock of bees? Herd of bees? Bevy of bees? Flock of bees. I think it's a flock of bees. Okay. I stand, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what the collective noun no. is. Swarm, no. possibly. Swarm. Swarm of bees, yeah. yeah. And you have to duck at exactly the right moment so the bees fly over your head while you're picking the flower. And so you use the, the, the crank handle to sort of time mm. it correctly. On your recommendation, I'm watching Star Trek Picard at the moment. There's a lot of time travel. It would have been a lot easier if they'd used a crank. I'd have understood it more. It would have been much easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. Of course they should have done that. Yes. So it is $149. Uh, They are releasing two games each week for the next 12 weeks. Mm. Um, And uh, and it's now shipping. And you can pre-order it, and it'll be delivered next year because they've run out. What? That's how popular it is. Gosh. Yes. So were you thinking of getting one? Now you're going to have to wait. I'm probably not, because uh, I think I'd find that kind of game irritating. But it's shop.play.date if you want one. It's made by Panic. Panic, you may remember, as the company who made uh, various bits of Mac software, like um, yes, Transmit. Transmit. Yeah, yes, exactly. I remember that. Hmm. A sort of FTP um, sending thing. That's right, which I, still, which I still use on an almost daily basis. Really? Not only do they make Transmit, they also make a game called Firewatch and a popular indie game called Untitled Goose Game. Although (laughs) something of an something of an oxymoron there, but there we go. So it's the Untitled Goose Game, and um, and now they're making the Playdate, and it looks astonishingly cute. It really does. Very pretty indeed. Good. Well, I'm very glad. How about this? So with her now. Well, now we're going to Japan uh, with the news that scientists at Meiji University uh, have been so distraught at the idea that Japanese people are eating far too much salt, mm. uh, which apparently they did a lot of soy sauce and everything, for example, that they have made electric chopsticks. And what the electric chopsticks don't do is 
behave with any kind of electric way sort of automatically uh, pinching and picking things up for you, but they have a slight electric charge, which when you touch them to your tongue, gives you the illusion of tasting salt. Does really? this sound Because when, when, well, yes, I thought we'd cover this a while ago. I was just about to say, of course, you, those sort of power pack batteries you touch to your tongue, you get a shock, but you don't, it doesn't taste of salt. No, well, you get a, a slightly less effect than, 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 mm. uh, than the, the power pack mm. batteries. Uh, and, well, we've talked about this before. We've talked about it on this very show back in 2016. Um, a chap called Hiromi Nakamura at the University of Tokyo developed an electric fork, uh, which had a, um, an electric charge. Well, presumably uh, it didn't catch on because they don't want to use forks. They want to use chopsticks. Well, maybe that's it. But to claim a world first... Six years later, for something that's already been invented, I think is a bit much. Well, he yes. must be getting quite irritated, I imagine. You'd think he would be, yes. yes. He should have gone for chopsticks. Except, of course, you don't put chopsticks in your mouth in the same way that you put a fork in your mouth. So I think the chopstick makers could be missing a trick here. Maybe a fork was the right thing after all. Mm -hmm. But, I, yes, well, I don't know. I don't think I've ever managed to use chopsticks. Oh, you, so you're joking. Know. No. Really? Oh. Oh. I've got a feeling I might have tried them once and then discovered very early on I didn't know how to do it and just use conventional cutlery, which oh. I have mastered by now. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad to hear it. Thank you. Shall we, um, Thank you. Should we move on to our crowdfunding time of the week? If please? you'd oh. like to do that, why mm, I not? I would. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I've got to play something, haven't I? Yes. <laughs> So I was just thinking about trying to remember which hand the knife and fork go in. Uh, exactly. Well, well, if you're English, of course, then you hold fork in your left hand and your knife in the right hand. If you're American, you hold your fork in your left hand and knife in the right hand. But once you've cut whatever you're eating, yeah. you then put the knife down and pick yes. up your fork with the other hand. Yes. It's a very odd on. behavior. I've seen this. I've seen Americans do this. And it's yes. curious. I agree. Hmm. I agree. So anyway, on to Kickstarter. This is the Pixel Cable. The mm -hmm. Pixel Cable is the world's first app-controlled charging cable with a smart display. What does that mean? Well, exactly. I think we should have a little listen to a bit of their audio to see exactly what it does mean. Okay. Every time when you charge your device with Pixel Cable, it will greet you with a boot animation. Download Q Charger app and turn on Bluetooth. You can also change the greeting from the animation presets. The movement directions and speed of the animation can be easily adjusted according to your needs. Uh, are they providing a solution to a problem that nobody else knows exists? Exactly. So what this is, it's a charging cable with a tidy uh, LED screen built into mm -hmm. it. Um, it's about uh, maybe two centimetres long by ooh, less than half a centimetre high, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it can show a little animation. When you plug it in, you get a... Uh, a, a car driving towards the cable, repeated. Mm -hmm. And there's an app, so you can have the speed of the car, whatever you want. You can even make the car go backwards. You can change the car to a little aeroplane or, or snowflakes or all kinds of other things. Why? Why? Well, there's another purpose for this cable. Shall we find out what it is? Is this through the, looking through the round window? Hang on. Here we go. <laughs> If there's someone you like, but don't have the courage to tell her so, type your love in Pixel Cable and send it to her as a gift. She will understand your confession immediately when connecting her phone with Pixel Cable. Good grief. So, so this is more thing. and more bizarre. So you type I love you into your smartphone, download yes. it onto the cable, 
send the cable to the woman who you are uh, far too shy to admit to loving. But but and, but, um, but know her well enough that you can give her a cable. Yes, know her well enough you can give her a cable. She opens the box, finds this cable, and for some reason decides to charge her phone with it. And then some days, or not even months later, if she hasn't lost it, yes. uh, she gets a message saying, I love you. And then she thinks, who was this cable from? It is, I mean, as romantic gestures go, it is a really bizarre one. Wow. Well, I guess people can't send mixtapes anymore. <laughs> but, but that's not all. There are more uses for a, a, a cable like this. So we have not a little listen. Here we go. You can type your favorite inspirational quote to encourage yourself after a whole day's hard work. So right. You could have your favorite inspirational quote, and then when you charge your phone, it can appear on there. I cannot Alternatively, think of... Yes, go on. Um, you can make the cable tell you when your phone is charged up. But since your phone does that anyway, I'm not entirely sure of the point. Yeah, anyway, well, people yeah, yeah, do see me buying this thing. It's 229 Hong Kong dollars, which is about 23 pounds, which is quite a yeah. lot for a cable, I think. Yeah. And yes. why? Oh, not a lot for a cable why? that you can give to your secret beloved. Oh, secret. Oh, that's also true, yes. <laughs> so oh, there we I go. Do. It's on Kickstarter if you want one, and why you'd want one is anyone's guess. Well, maybe Valentine's Day. Instead of sending a card, send a cable and don't say who it's from. That, you could always have your name on there as well, I suppose. Yes. Aren't you supposed to send Valentine's cards anonymously? Yes. Do you think that applies to Valentine's cables as well? Oh, I'm absolutely sure it does. I think it does. Yes. Hmm. Yes. That is totally bonkers. So thank I'm you. assuming you've not got one unless you just want to get one as a joke. I, I Not even as a joke. No, thank you. Well, that's it for this week, <laughs> including possibly the most useless device we have talked about in many, many a week. And there's Steve competition Kaplan, for that. Yeah, there is. Thank you very much indeed. That's it from Steve Kaplan and myself for this week on Gadget and Gizmos. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No. It's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.